Uh, Dr. Lorraine Day. Dr. Day, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, you bet. Where are you located these days? I uh, live near Palm Springs, Palm California. Springs. Ah. Um, Dr. Day, we have talked with you in years past on the subject of AIDS. Yes. And I take it you um, are now not addressing that as you were and are now retired. Is that essentially correct? Well, not exactly. I'm, the reason I'm not addressing AIDS as I was is I've written everything there is to be written about AIDS, and the government plans to do nothing about controlling AIDS. Um, you know, if I, I did. I testified to Congress. I did all of these things. The government has no intention of controlling AIDS. So I have said, said everything that there needs to be said. Nothing has really changed since I wrote my books and made my videos. What about the new treatments uh, for AIDS that are um, actually eliminating any vestige of it that they can test for in the bodies of a lot of um, HIV-positive people? The people are not getting well. The whole point is you can do all the tests you want. You know, you can... Um, you can give huge doses of chemotherapy and radiation to people and for a while not be able to find the tumor. But you see all of these, uh, all of these treatments that they give AIDS patients and cancer patients destroy the immune system. Mm -hmm. Both cancer and AIDS are diseases of the immune system. There's only one system in your body that gets you well and keeps you well from virtually every disease and that's the immune system. When you wipe that out with uh, drugs, uh, then you have no immune system to get you well, and you eventually die. All right. I, um, I have a number of friends who are doctors. Now, I got these photographs of you, and one thing I'm at a complete loss to understand is we saw a picture of you, um, uh, an initial picture of you, a very small uh, beginning tumor right. on your chest. And it was indeed very small. And then we see a second photograph showing uh, what seems to be a tumor that I would guesstimate to be the size of a grapefruit or so. How, how big did it get to be? That's the size, a very large grapefruit. And it got that size in less than three weeks. Actually, it was more like 10 days. What? Yes. How is that possible? Well, that's what happened. <laughs> I can't tell you how it's possible. That's what happened. And I saw it happen myself. I can tell you it's not a pleasant experience to see that happening in your own body. The reason that it happened was that it was the result of my immune system being so totally suppressed. You see, um, as I said before, your immune system is the only system in your body that keeps you well. When your immune system is not functioning, then you get sick. My immune system was shot. And uh, my tumor just grew rapidly because it had no barriers to growth because my immune system was so depleted. But even understanding the nature of cancer, which is an out-of-control growth of cell cells, um, it seems impossible just from a, a time and mass point of view that something could become that large that fast. Well, I can tell you that it did. Um, it was just that... And I was, I was sick. You, the, the pictures you see of me, um, I was standing at the time, but, but I was barely able to stand at that time. And, in fact, within a few weeks, I was on my deathbed. I was, uh, in fact, I was in bed for approximately six months, um, two months before 
uh, things started to turn around, and then four months afterwards, before I could actually be up all day every day, because my immune system was so bad. And, of course, the doctors said to me, you've got to have radiation and chemotherapy, and that will just uh, decrease the size of that tumor. And I said, no, uh, radiation and chemotherapy destroy your immune system, and every doctor knows that's true. And what I needed was my immune system to get me well. If I had destroyed what was left of my immune system, I would have been dead within a few days or weeks. Um. They, I, I, at what point did they uh, section that and um, uh, biopsy it? Well, I had had, you can see uh, in the original pictures that you have, when the tumor was very small, you see a small uh, scar above the very small tumor. That's right. That's right. Well, I had had the tumor. I When the tumor first appeared, the tumor was only about, uh, oh, less than an inch long. And I had had that removed, but they found when they removed it, they could not get all of the cancer. The cancer had actually spread into the pectoralis muscle of my chest wall. And they wanted to do a mastectomy and, and take out all the muscle on my chest. And I said, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that. And they said, well, if, if you don't have radiation, then you will die. And I refused to have radiation. Um, I had started on a major change in my diet, but I had not gotten the stress out of my life. I was still working, and I was still working hard. Uh, you really ought to give people a little background on yourself. I'm sorry I didn't at the beginning. I, I, I don't have a current uh, bio on you. Uh, tell people um, a little bit about your background. Okay. I was um, an associate professor and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School, for about 20 years, 15 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I was chief of orthopedic surgery at San Francisco General Hospital. I uh, have been trained in orthodox medicine. I was a graduate of the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. I'm board certified in orthopedic surgery. And I have been in mainstream medicine for all of my career. Um, I found out when I started speaking out about the AIDS epidemic and I started seeing that there was a lot of things that we were not being told about the AIDS virus and I was on, you know, your radio show and many, many others and people, the good folk out there listening wrote to me and they said, if you think there's a cover-up in uh, the AIDS virus, you should see the big cover-up in cancer cures. Sure. Well, of course, I couldn't believe that. I was very high up in academic medicine, and I said, couldn't possibly be true. And yet, I knew that uh, I had been astonished by the big cover-up with AIDS, so I started investigating this possible cover-up in cancer cures, and I spent time going around the country and, and out of the country to talk to people who I had heard had either gotten well by uh, other methods and, and practitioners who had gotten these people well. Uh-huh. So that that, that I, makes sense. That's, that's a proper way to investigate um, a cure. There's no question about it. Look at people who have spontaneously uh, gone into remission for one reason or another. Actually, that's what we uh, that's what we talk about it as, spontaneous remission in medicine. But, but that's not what it is. Uh, I didn't go spontaneously into remission. 
I went through a whole treatment program. I just didn't do the treatment programs that I was taught in medical school was the only way to treat this. So these are not spontaneous remissions. Spontaneous remissions to me are, are uh, cancers that disappear uh, without the patient doing any treatment plan. Right. But all of these people that I had seen had gone through a rigorous treatment plan, but it was all natural. It was not chemotherapy, radiation, and mutilating surgery. Well, when you describe natural, something the size of the tumor you had, it seems to me d d could not go away naturally, could it? Well, the, the thing is that I had a portion of this tumor removed because it was about to burst, but I still had cancer left in my whole chest wall. I had nodes under my arm. Okay. One was the size of a walnut. I had in, uh, involved nodes above my clavicle, so I was still full of cancer. The only thing I had removed was the, the, the ball that you see there that was ready to burst. And so uh, it took about eight months for the cancer to go completely away. Now you say, how can that be? Yes, well, we have to think about why do we get cancer in the first place? Why do we get any disease? In medicine, we're taught that sort of the disease kind of appears out of the sky. It just sort of happens. If you look in medical textbooks, which, of course, are our textbooks in medical school, one after another of diseases will say cause unknown, cause unknown, cause unknown. Well, that's not really true. We do know the cause of disease. Every doctor will admit that it is your immune system that gets you well and keeps you well. What about the genetic uh, side of things? Uh, by, by the way, have you read a book called The Miracle Strain? No, I haven't. Well, then you should. Um, it, um, it, it investigates uh, somebody who was looking for a cure just like the kind of cure you were looking for, but they began looking at spontaneous remissions, uh, virtual miracles, and um, they look toward the genetic answer. Now, there is some reason to believe, isn't there, that there's a genetic disposition to uh, a sort of a switch being thrown at a certain age and cancer taking off? Actually, no. I no? don't believe that anymore. I used to believe that, but I don't believe it anymore from what I have seen and from what has taken place uh, in my own uh, case. Um, I feel that genetics is responsible for way less than 5% of all cancer. Mm. Uh, when you see a woman walking down the street who is very, very large, obese, and she has two children with her, one on either side, and they are very young and also very obese, that is not genetic. She feeds herself and she feeds them. Uh, the same thing happens if... A woman has breast cancer, and her mother had breast cancer, and her grandmother had breast cancer. It is the grandmother that taught the mother how to eat and handle stress, and it is the mother who taught the daughter how to eat and handle stress. And that chain can be broken easily. It is not genetic. Medicine is constantly looking for genetic causes of disease. There's a, there's a gene now, they say, for obesity. There's a gene now, they, even for adultery, there's a gene for adultery. I mean, this is absolutely ludicrous. And what, what, it's, what is happening is everybody is being told that they are not responsible for what happens to them and that there's nothing they can do. And this is not true. You look at those pictures. I am alive and well. There is everything that a person can do. Even the AMA admits 
that 65% of all cancers could be prevented by a major change in diet and lifestyle. All right, now, it, it's my understanding, though, that you, by the time you got the cancer, really had changed your lifestyle. Uh, you had retired. You weren't under the same sort of stress levels that you had previously been under. Is that not true? No, I have never retired. I well, never... well, in other words, you're not working in San Francisco uh, in that very stressful position anymore, right? Well, I was, I, I was working night and day. I got, I, I lived on about four hours sleep a night for 20 years. I was not working at night anymore, but I was working a very heavy load. I was on the air doing a lot of confrontational things on the AIDS virus because um, right. I was a pariah to the news media in I know. general. I know. And so I was still doing a lot of stressful work. I had also gone through a lot of stressful things in my personal life, and 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 I was I had a certain amount of anger about what had happened to me. Anger is very destructive. I mean, I had had my life threatened by various organizations, uh, and and this was unfair. It was it was wrong, and I was angry about it. But I, you see, anger, repressed anger, is one of the major causes of death in our society. It, from all diseases, anger causes a major outpouring of several hormones from the adrenal glands. These are very destructive to the immune system. They break down your immune system. All right, is this a universal thing? Let me ask you, I, I'm on the air five hours a night. I've been on the air. You know I, I did a show with you a decade ago, I think. Right. Um, and I lead a very, very, very stressful life. Um, just for my own comfort, are there some people who th virtually thrive on stress? In other words, for them, it is actually a healthy thing that contributes to their overall health and 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 does not uh, end up killing them and, no. and and then there are there is not no that no uh, there are no exemptions there are no exemptions our our bodies were not meant to stand this kind of stress I thought I was invulnerable I laughed at other people who couldn't work like I did uh, I was wrong I hit the wall sooner or later anybody who lives that kind of life will hit the wall now, depending on how uh, well your early life was, in fact, how well you ate and, and all of that, you may last longer. I lasted till I was about 53 until I hit the wall. But uh, the point is, you were sooner or later, you're going to hit the wall. You abuse your body. If you take your car out, I don't care how good your car is, if you drive it 120 miles, 12 hours, uh, 120 miles an hour, 12 hours every day with no maintenance, sooner or later it will stop. Oh, sure. And that's the same way with your body. Our bodies are not really meant to live in the kind of stressful environments we live in now. For thousands of years, people lived in, um, in agrarian uh, societies where they didn't have all the stimuli that they have now. They didn't have television, constant television. They didn't have the constant need to keep track of everything they do for the IRS. They didn't have stressful jobs. There were certain stresses, of course. You could be attacked by the neighboring tribe or things like that. But it wasn't the constant minute-to-minute -minute stress that we live in now. Our bodies are not meant to handle that. I had to get the stress out of my life. When I changed my diet, uh, that that was a, a necessary thing to do. I changed it dramatically.
But until I got the stress out of my life, I could not get well. And see, these are the things that, that orthodox medicine does not even investigate. Do you consider stress and diet to be of equal importance, or yes. you do? Oh, well, uh, stress, if anything, stress is more important. But the diet, you cannot rebuild your immune system without changing your diet because the only place that your body has to get the raw materials to make good new cells is by what you put in your mouth. It's the same way if you've got a car. If you've got a car and uh, suppose you buy a new Rolls Royce and the, the car dealer says, we make this gasoline, this fuel for your car, and it's specially made for your car. If you buy it from us, your car will never break down. And our gas is cheaper than the gas at the gas station. Would you buy that gas? Of course. Yes. Okay. Well, we have the same thing. We have the natural food as it's made in nature on the tree and in the ground. And it is in its best form the way we find it. But we take it off the tree and out of the ground. We grind it up. We, we cook all the nutrition out of it. We add preservatives and chemicals, and we put it in cans and boxes and give it a shelf life of a year and a half to two years, and we call it improved. Hmm. It's not improved. It is worse. It kills us. Uh, nevertheless, uh, are not lifespans increasing? Are not Americans living longer lives than they ever have? No. They're not. They're not. And In fact, this is, this is a fraud. The American public is being defrauded. This is not happening. And are we going for a break? Or? Yeah, we're going for a break. Okay, I'll uh, tell you what it is after the break. <laughs> All right, hold on. What would have happened had that tumor burst, and it looked as though the skin was getting so thin that it was just about to do that? Yes, um, it would have been a mess on my chest, I can tell you, and it would have taken a long, long time, much longer for me to heal and get well. And that's why I realized I had to do something. But I had a very difficult time finding a doctor who would take that one area off and not go for all of the rest and and do it without forcing chemotherapy and radiation on me. You see, at the beginning, when I first went to a doctor, when I had a small lump, I had a doctor right here in the Palm Springs area refuse to take care of me because I refused to have chemotherapy and radiation. And, you know, in California... They can do that. It was interesting. As a doctor, I could never refuse to take care of an AIDS patient, patient, nor did I ever want to, nor did I ever try. But it was against the law to refuse to take care of an AIDS patient. But any doctor can refuse to take care of a cancer patient if the cancer patient does not do exactly what the doctor wants them to do. How is that possible? In other words, why do you not have, why does the patient not have freedom of, uh, of uh, personal choice in treatment? Because, uh, well, you can see what has happened in alternative medicine for years. Uh, patients do not have free choice. I was given a book signed by the governor of California that says that, uh, that if a patient refuses chemotherapy and radiation, that the doctor has the right to refuse care. I told this doctor, who knew I was also a doctor, I said, I'll sign any waivers removing any liability from you. And he said to me, no, I will not do it. He said, my reputation is at stake. And I said, well, I'm sorry, my life is at stake, so I'll have to go elsewhere. Uh, so you finally, I, I take it somehow you finally found a, uh, a surgeon willing to remove 
uh, the bulk of that tumor. That's right, I did. And he thought he was only doing it for palliative reasons, that I was going to die anyhow. And it, at the time that these pictures were taken, I was in terrible pain. Uh, I was in, in, in extreme pain, even though I had been taking uh, pain medicines like Demerol and very strong uh, narcotics to try to dull the pain. Nothing worked. I was in very, very severe pain for a long, long time. Was this the size of the tumor itself uh, causing the pain, or was it um, your, your entire lymph system? No, it, was my, it was tumor pain. It wasn't just uh, the size of the tumor. It was actual tumor pain, uh, and it was, it was extremely severe, and it could not be relieved, and I didn't think I could stand it any longer. Uh, so it, it was a difficult time in my life, as you can see. But I hung on. I knew somehow I knew I was going to get well. I knew that these natural methods would work if I could just find the right formula. And when I say the right formula, I didn't, don't mean that I took a bunch of pills. The right formula of natural things. And the things that are so natural, I know that people think they're too simple, but they do work. Let me tell you, sunlight reduces the size of internal cancerous tumors. It's been proven in the medical literature. Sunlight. Sunlight. That's right. Sunlight does all sorts of things. Sunlight lowers your cholesterol. You know how it does that? Your cholesterol comes out of your blood, goes into your skin. Uh, cholesterol is a precursor of vitamin D. When the sun hits the cholesterol in your skin, it turns it into vitamin D. You use it up, and then more cholesterol comes out of your blood. Uh, sunlight reduces anxiety. That's one reason you fall asleep in the sun, and it does it for a physiologic reason. Things like coffee and other stimulants and stress increase a compound in your cells called cyclic AMP. When the sun hits your skin, warms your body, it reduces the amount of cyclic, C, uh, cyclic AMP in your cells and causes you to relax. Um, you know, uh, people say, well, doctors are telling patients all the time, don't get out in the sun because sun causes skin cancer. Well, that's, that's right. not really true. Let me tell you, they did a big study at Baylor University where they took two groups of experimental animals. One group of experimental animals they gave the standard American diet, which is too much sugar, too much fat, and too much protein, and not enough vitamins and minerals. On the, the other group of experimental animals, they gave them a highly nutritious diet. They exposed both groups to the ultraviolet rays of the sun. In the group on the standard American diet, 25% got skin cancer. In the group on the nutritious diet, not one animal got skin cancer. It is what we're eating, the bad stuff we're putting in the body. All Americans are malnourished. They're suffering from malnutrition. They're not suffering from uh, too few calories, but they're suffering from malnutrition. In fact, the major cause of all disease are malnutrition and dehydration. Our bodies lose 10 glasses of water a day just by living, not even in the heat, just by living. We lose it not only from perspiration, we lose a couple glasses a day from breathing. Our breath is moist. We'll fog up a mirror. Sure. But the rest of it is caused, the, the loss is caused by our body having to take huge amounts of water from our cells to make digestive juices to digest our food. We lose all of that. So for every day we do not take 10 glasses of water into our body, we are behind. Not only that, we're all drinking. Nobody's drinking water. Everybody's drinking coffee and caffeinated soda. Right. Caffeine is a diuretic. It takes twice as much water out of your body as comes in with the drink. I was a big coffee drinker. I drank soda all the time. I was up all night, so I was drinking coffee. 
So I dehydrated my body. I figured out that I was 18 years behind in my water drinking. I still drink 16 to 20 glasses of water a day. And that, try to catch up. And that flushes your system. It not only flushes your system, it turns out that water is an architectural component of every cell. And your, your brain and central nervous system, your, your peripheral nerves, are 85% water. Uh, the average brain weighs three and a half pounds. If you squeeze the water out of it, it weighs 10 ounces. But your, your brain runs on water. The neurotransmitters that transmit your nerve impulses run on waterways. When you don't have enough water, those impulses do not work, and you start getting diseases like multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's and things like that. So water is an absolute uh, necessity for your body. When your grandmother told you to drink water, she was right, but nobody drinks it anymore because nobody understands why they need it. That's right. Uh, you are describing me. I mean, uh, from stress to the drinking of coffee to uh, the eating of um, probably foods that I ought not eat to not drinking enough water, that's me. I'm 52. I'll be 53 next year. I wonder if I'm going to hit a wall. Well, you may not hit it at 53, but I can tell you if you continue doing that, sooner or later you will hit a wall. Everybody will. Uh, there are so many things that we eat that are bad for us. Our, our body... I mean, you wouldn't put sand and rocks in the gas tank of your car because you know it wouldn't run, and yet that's what we do to our bodies. We put all sorts of food in our bodies that we call food that has absolutely no nutrition in it. When you eat things that are in a can or a box, it has no nutrition in it. All of the nutrition has been taken out. You're eating a lot of chemicals. We eat, each American eats about five pounds of chemical additives a year. These are poisons. And we eat far too much sugar. When you eat sugar, all of your immune cells are paralyzed for about four hours. Now, your immune system is the only, uh, the, the only cells that keep you well and that can go around and scavenge the uh, oxidants that are in your body, all of these things that cause, cause cancer. And that's why when I started to drink eight glasses of carrot juice a day, this was bringing high amounts of not only enzymes into my body, but vitamins and minerals in their most natural form so they could go around and start cleaning up my body of all these toxins. Let me tell you another way we get toxins into our body. When we eat, let's say, a steak or, uh, you know, ground round. Sure. If you take a steak or ground round and put it on your kitchen counter and leave it there for three days, and turn the heat in your house up to 100 degrees for the three days. Do you think you want to eat that meat? No. Probably not. But that's what happens in your body. Your body temperature is 98.6, almost 100. And it takes three days for that meat to get through your digestive tract. Mm -hmm. During that period of time, it putrefies and puts out all sorts of toxins. You absorb those toxins into your body, and it makes you sick. Um, so let's backtrack. You had the tumor removed. You began immediately to change your diet. Yes. And um, how, now, now you had cancer throughout your body. You had it in your lymph system and so forth? Yeah, at the beginning, it was not uh, noticeable that I had it in my lymph system. My lymph nodes did not seem to be involved at first. 
But when it grew to this size, then my lymph nodes were involved. But see, everybody has cancer is a systemic disease. It is not a local disease. If you have chicken pox and you go to a surgeon and ask him to, to cut out all the pox marks in your skin, you still have chicken pox. You just see? don't have the marks. You just don't have the marks. When you have the cancer cut out of your body, you still have cancer because all the factors that were there in the first place that allowed it to develop are still there. And so what you have to do is change what's happening in your body to get your body back in balance so the cancer cannot occur. All right, so let's get it straight. You drank eight glasses of carrot juice a day. You drank ten glasses of water? Yes, I, I drank eight glasses of carrot juice. I drank four glasses of juice made out of green leafy vegetables, things like uh, romaine lettuce, uh, chard, uh, green pepper, red cabbage, and things like that, plus apple in each of the carrots and each of the green leafy vegetable juices. So I was getting huge amounts of vitamins, minerals, and um, and enzymes into my body. Now, people, a lot of people take lots of supplements and pills. Well, I have not yet found a tree where I could go out and pick supplements off of it. So I said, this is not natural. I'm not going to do it that way because we can't improve on the way it is in nature. So I took it all natural. I still ate three meals a day. I didn't just go on juices. I had three meals a day, but I ate nothing but fruits, grains, and vegetables. No I, meat. I don't eat anything that's ever had a face on it. Uh, no milk? No milk. No milk. You see, we are the only animal that drinks milk after it's weaned. We are the only animal that drinks milk from another animal. You don't need milk. In fact, cows, dairy cows, are full of hormones, pesticides, and antibiotics. When you eat, when you drink milk, you get all that into your body. By the way, another thing for those women listening, um, you know, you're told to drink milk to prevent osteoporosis. Right. Osteoporosis is not caused by a lack of calcium. Osteoporosis is caused primarily by two factors, lack of activity and too much protein in the diet, particularly too much animal protein because animal protein is very acidic. It's high in acid. In order to neutralize that protein in your body, you've got to take calcium out of your bones to neutralize it. So the more animal protein you take in, i.e., the more milk you drink, the more osteoporotic you can become. The average American eats 125 grams of protein a day. The average uh, adult of average size doesn't need more than about 40 grams of protein a day. The more you eat above that, the more osteoporotic you become. And protein is very difficult to digest. It's hard on the kidneys. It, it breaks down your body and it breaks down your immune system and people get sick. So you see, again... It is the fuel you put in the machine that is so important. It is the food and the water. But stress is also dehydrating, and dehydration causes stress. So once you get in that downward cycle, you are at a point of no return unless you turn it around. Give me some kind of idea of timeline from the moment when those photographs were snapped with a large tumor to the point where you were clear of cancer. How long? Ten months. Ten months. Ten months. And it took another ten months for me to get all of my strength back. I was, I mean, I was truly, I had nothing left. I was so close to death. One night I was not expected to live through the night. And, in fact, um, I, uh, I knew as a physician that I was dying. 
my husband said, I've got to take you to the emergency room. You can't just die here. And I said, no, I will not go. I know what they'll do to me. I know they will get forced chemotherapy and radiation on me, and they will kill me. Um, how does somebody with the amount of training you've had as a, as a physician come so full circle like this? How does that happen, doctor? Well, I saw too many. Every physician has seen thousands of patients die from chemotherapy and radiation. We talk about it in our own profession. We know that when we give a patient chemotherapy or radiation, it is only a race between whether you destroy the patient first or, or try to destroy a lot of the tumor. See, the first uh, chemotherapeutic agents uh, came out of World War II from nitrogen mustard. They were really meant to kill people. And after World War II was over, they didn't know what to do with these things. And some doctors said, well, why don't we see if we give them to cancer patients? Maybe we can kill just part of them. But actually, these killing agents work very well as they were meant to work. They kill people. See, when you destroy the immune system, then you have nothing left to get your body well. So, so uh, the first director of chemotherapy was at Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York after World War II. And uh, that's where this whole thing started because we have lost the concept that your body can heal itself, and yet every doctor knows that even antibiotic, no drug cures any disease. Even antibiotics do not cure infections. Antibiotics are able to kill cells, I mean, to, excuse me, kill bacteria, but they do not make your body well. Every doctor has given huge doses of antibiotics to patients and had the patient die anyway because they didn't have enough immune system left to get them well. And all drugs have side effects. Now, here's what drugs do. Listen to this. If you and I were driving along in a car and the dash light warning signal that said engine trouble or check engine soon went on, right. we stopped and we put the hood up and looked under the hood, and I got out my wire clippers, and I cut the wires to the dash warning light. And I said, there, we've <sighs> taken care of the problem. And you would say, you're crazy. You're right. We, all we have done is, is made it so we can't see that there's a problem. We haven't fixed the problem. That's what drugs do. Drugs cover up the symptoms while the disease continues to get worse. Even in the case of antibiotics? Even in the case of antibiotics. Now, antibiotics can kill bacteria, but they do not rebuild the body. They do not repair the body. It is the immune system that repairs the body. If the patient has an immune system that works, then they can get well. I'm not saying that I would never give a patient antibiotics. I'm saying that every antibiotic has side effects. We know that. And we also know that the antibiotics aren't working very well anymore. So you have to depend on your immune system to get well from every disease. I don't care if it's Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis or cancer or fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome or hepatitis or anything. It is all the same. Disease is caused as a result of the immune system not functioning properly. Now, I want to tell you this, too. The AMA and every medical organization says that if anybody, and especially a doctor, says that one treatment can cure many diseases, that is automatically defined as quackery. However, they all admit that there is only one system in your body that gets you well and keeps you well from every disease. So it follows that if you can rebuild your immune system naturally, not you can't do it with drugs, naturally, then 
you can treat many different diseases because it is your immune system and your immune system only that gets you well. I bet the AMA would like you buried somewhere very deeply. I'm sure they would. But the thing is, <laughs> I mean, the evidence that I got well is so overwhelming. It what is. can they say? It is. What, what do they say? Well, they have not gone after me yet. Certainly the, the government went after me when I was speaking about AIDS in a big way, in a very big way, uh, to the point of... Um, uh, making threats to me, all right? They, I expect that this will happen to me with this, but they're probably having committees trying to figure out how they're going to go after me. Uh, but again... Oh, yeah, uh, but here you're, you're preaching um, less stress, water, carrot juice, green leafy vegetables, right. uh, liquefied, that sort of thing. But mm. cancer is big business. Oh, yeah. Cancer yes. is a multi-billion dollar business. And I can tell you that all of the research, almost all of the research in medical schools and in the National Institutes of Health is controlled and funded by the pharmaceutical companies. They want doctors to use drugs. That's all we learn in medical school is drugs, 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 nothing else. That's all we learn. And so we are taught to diagnose a disease and to give drugs. We treat symptoms. We don't treat diseases. Doctors don't know what causes disease. They just treat symptoms. That's just like cut, cutting the wires to the dash light. It doesn't solve the problem. You are now 60? I'll be 61 in uh, three weeks. You look exceptionally healthy. I mean, well, you, I am. you appear to be the picture of health. I am. Rosy cheek, the whole thing. That's right. And if anybody gets my videos, they will see that I, it's me on the video, the video, the last video was done after I turned 60, you will see that I look just like a picture. <laughs> Remarkable. All right, what I would like to do is hold you for another hour and right. open the phone lines sure. and see what people have to say. Sure. All right, good. Hey, welcome back. Thank you. Um, I've got a message here, uh, email message. It says, Art, save us from the con. Look what happened to Jim Fix and Yule Gibbons on their no-meat diet and exercise and sun, just another Californian making a buck. Well, I could certainly make a lot more bucks by practicing medicine rather than <laughs> going on the air and taking abuse from people who don't want to believe. What, what I've found is that people prefer to believe what they prefer to be true. And, See, the, the, the people hang on to their diets even as they're dying. I had a friend while I was going through this. I had a friend, very wealthy. He could have had 15 cooks. He could have had anything he wanted. And, and the doctors gave him chemotherapy and radiation for his cancer, and they destroyed him completely. Then they sent him home to die. And I took him over some of the food that I was eating and some of the carrot juice and all that. He came home unable to walk. He was wheelchair-bound. He started getting better. Uh, he was able to get up out of a wheelchair. He was out gardening and all that. And I said, George, now if you go ahead and eat like this and you change your diet and you change all the other things about your lifestyle, you can get well still. And he said, oh, but I like my hamburgers and hot fudge sundaes. And my husband and I said to him, George, would you rather eat those things and die? And he thought for a minute. He said, well, I guess I would. And about nine months later, we buried him. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that people want to hang on to it. And, and I tell you, you know, folks, 
Go ahead. You, you, you don't have to believe. All I'm doing is sharing my experience with you. I'm telling you what works and what worked for me and has worked for thousands of people. And, and if you don't want to believe it, it's okay. If you want to continue eating and living like you are, and, and you know, by the year 2000, the government estimates that one out of two people will have, Americans, will have cancer sometime in their lifetime. If you want to continue doing that, you know, I, I, it's okay with me. You go ahead and do it. If you don't want to believe, it's all right. How did you, uh, in what way did you get the photographs? It seems to me somebody in that condition would not take photographs. I mean, it's as though you knew you were going to get better and you wanted to prove it. Well, I knew that. I knew I was going to get better. I didn't know how. I had great faith. And my husband took the pictures. I said to him, we've got to take pictures because if I don't, nobody will believe it when I am well. You're absolutely correct. Nobody would have believed this. That's right. Nobody. All right. Uh, first time caller line. You're on the air with Dr. Day. Where are you, please? Uh, my name is Troy, and I'm in Minneapolis. Hi, Troy. How are you doing? Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I wanted to ask. Dr. Uh, Day, if she has heard of, of a Dr. Richard Schultz, he spent 20 years doing nothing but healing terminally, terminally ill patients. Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've been studying and poring over his material, and, and I am just absolutely impressed with it. Well, well I, I have no idea what, what he Dr. does. Dr. Schultz uh, is, is not a medical doctor, but he has, what, Richard Schultz, I don't even know if he's a doctor, but he's not a medical doctor. He, he works with herbs, and herbs are good, but... Herbs by themselves will not rebuild your immune system completely. You've got to do it with, with food and water, and you've got to get the stress out of your life. This plan that I went on is not just food. It is a total lifestyle change. There are ten parts of the plan. And, again, you know, this, by the way, I should tell people, I have a website, too. Oh, you do? Um, yes, it's www drday.com that's dr david it's drday.com all small letters and all of my the videos i made the, the video i made that that details exactly step by step the plan that i use to get well is called you can't improve on god and i i named it that because we mm. cannot improve on the natural things that are on this earth to make us well and then i have another video called cancer doesn't scare me anymore which, which documents from the medical literature the destructive effects of chemotherapy and radiation and why cancer is big business and why you're not hearing about these methods to get well. Um, how do people get the videos? They can call uh, the, an, an 800 number, and it's open now. You can call 1-800-574-2437. That's 1-800-574-2437. And that number is also on the website and you can actually order on the internet right through the website uh, doctor how did you stumble into this I mean here you were with this horrid uh, alien-like thing on your chest and from that moment how did you move into this um, uh, natural way to uh, pull yourself out of cancer well, fortunately for the year before I, I had cancer I had been investigating these things and traveling around and I had I had my own national radio show that was on over 100 stations called Truth Serum, and I was interviewing many of these alternative practitioners. So during this time, I found out I had cancer, so I knew that I wasn't going to go the orthodox route, but I stumbled around at the beginning a lot. I tried virtually every alternative that didn't work. 
Uh, I tried 714X, ozone, the rice generator, all of these things that, that supposedly have worked for other people that I talk about on my video camp. It doesn't scare me anymore, but they didn't work for me. And the main reason is because I hadn't gotten the stress in my life under control. So I had to actually go back to the original way we were taught to eat. And I actually went back to Genesis in the Bible to say, how were we meant to eat? And it was fruits, grains, and vegetables. So I started with that, and then I added water and various other things to it, and, and information that came to me from people who had heard me on the radio, uh, things I was impressed to go research in a certain area, and that's the way I put this 10-point plan together. And again, it's not a quick fix. I had dedication and commitment, and it was a day-by-day -day getting well. It takes us a long time to get sick. Fortunately, it doesn't take nearly as long to get well as it takes us to get sick. It's right. just that we don't know we're getting sick while we're getting sick. You know Dr. Duesberg, right? Yes, I do. Dr. Duesberg uh, claims that AIDS is an environmental disease, that uh, drugs and diet and all the rest of it, all the things you're talking about that cause cancer also cause AIDS. Well, certainly uh, the uh, main people, the two main groups that are most heavily infected with AIDS are the the homosexuals and the uh, drug addicts, they have destroyed their immune system with their lifestyle, with drugs and promiscuity and yes. things like that. Yes. So you can review. I know of AIDS patients who have quit their destructive lifestyle and gotten well in a plan much like mine. You can get well from AIDS, but you can't get well from AIDS by taking AZT and using drugs and continuing on with your self-destructive lifestyle. All right. Um, Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Dr. Day. Hello. Hi. Hi. Where are you? Uh, this is Nancy in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Hi, Nancy. Um, excellent show, Dr. Day. Thank you. Um, I'm a first-time caller. I love your show, Art, and I love your choice of music. Thank you. I have a bunch of questions for you. Yes. Um, are you aware of Kathy Keaton and the article that she wrote um, with that controversial um, uh, treatment? Hydrazine um, sulfate? Yes. Yes. yes and I I, want, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Stop there and let her respond, doctor. Yes. Uh, hydrazine sulfate is a... Um, is is a drug, but it's uh, certainly uh, has less side effects than most drugs, and it can give you some lead time in order to change your diet and lifestyle to get well. So it is a useful thing to use, but in and of itself, it will not cure your cancer. Okay, is Kathy still alive, Art? Oh uh, no, Kathy oh, died. She died. But it she had died. nothing to do with the cancer, right? Um, I think she died from some operative procedure while she was in the hospital, not necessarily directly from the cancer, no. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Right. It was a blockage from scar tissue, I believe. Right. Okay, now, do you have a book out? I have uh, two videos. Okay, and, I have uh, that information. Yeah, it's uh, the two videos are called Cancer Doesn't Scare Me Anymore, and then the exact plan I used to get well is on the video called You Can't Improve on God, and they're available at one 800 574-2437. Hockeys, you're on the air with Dr. Day. Hello. Hi there. Hi. I'm Jim, and I'm from uh, Michigan. Yes, Jim. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment to Dr. Day. For one, congratulations on your recovery. Thank you. And number two, I agree totally with what you're saying about grains and green leafy foods and all that, mm -hmm. because my grandfather, which he has passed away now, but had a similar... Uh, how shall we say, illness yes. to where he was paralyzed mm -hmm. and the hospital.
told him that he will probably never walk again. And this was when I was a young boy. I was probably 9 or 10 at the time. And he came home, and six months later, he was back out in his garden growing his food, okay, because he grew most of the food that he ate. Right. But also, he still stuck with uh, the hamburger and the ice cream and the coffee. Mm. He still ate all those things, which probably progressed him into his final illness before he passed away. But I totally agree with everything that you have said, and I wish more people would realize that. Well, all we can do is get the word out, and some people will uh, listen and some people will not, but we can't do any better than that. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Day. Hello. Hi, Art. This is Debbie. I'm calling from Denver. Hi, Debbie. And I, again, just like your last caller said, I, I want to support Dr. Day and say thank you for sticking with it and getting the truth out there. Thank you. Um, you're, you're an incredible inspiration to me because tomorrow is my first day of a complete diet change for myself. Good for you. As I'm listening to you, um, I'm, I'm thinking of three writers who have, have really affected my decision, and they are John Robbins, who did Diet for New America, yes. Arnold Arad, are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. He did a book um, called Rational Fasting, and it's, it's basically, um, like you said, face-free foods. Um, and, and dealt a lot with mucus-forming foods in the bodies and how all of the diseases and stuff right. breathe there. And another man named Stanley Burroughs. Don't know him either. Did a book called Healing for the Age of Enlightenment. These two guys are just, just amazing. You might want to look into some of, of their work. Um, Burroughs did a thing called the Lemonade Diet. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that, that we have to really say, there are all sorts of diets out there. Mine is just a, a routine thing. I just don't eat meat and meat products, and I don't eat sugar or other stimulants such as caffeine and mm. alcohol and things like that because we have to eat as close to nature as possible. So it's really simple. It's fruits, grains, and vegetables. You don't have to go through this and that and the other thing. And all of these other things start getting very complex. This is not complex. It's real simple. And uh, when I first started trying to get well, I had to step through a lot of stuff that didn't work. And everything's all mixed in. I also want to say that there's a, there's a lot of things out there that are involved with New Age enlightenment. Yep. I tried some of that at the beginning, and I had some pretty horrible experiences that some other show I can go into. They were really very frightening I realized that, that that was not the way for me to get well. And so, I again, I went back, really, I went back to how we were meant to eat in the beginning to the Bible and, and found out there. Doc, doctor, um, what do you go through in terms of withdrawal? I mean, I eat meat, I drink coffee, uh, I drink wine. I was told red wine was good for me. Um if I were to start getting a lot of sun, eliminate the stress from my life, I'd, I probably wouldn't be working. Ten glasses of water a day, eight glasses of carrot juice, four glasses of uh, green leafy vegetables, and so much more. Do you go through, I'm, I'm sure you must go through a very serious withdrawal. Well, see, if you aren't, if in your case, if you're, you're not 
you don't have at this moment a life-threatening disease that you know about. That's right. You can change over gradually. You don't have to do it all at once. But is there, is there, though, if you do a great withdrawal that you go through? You go through a healing crisis when you start cleaning up your body, when you mobilize all these poisons that are stuck in your fat and in your, your tissues. Yes, when they start pouring into your system to be eliminated, you can feel pretty rotten. Uh, of course, you were all already feeling so rotten. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. And so, I, but I had to change very rapidly. But I was not a smoker. I was not a drinker. Uh, I abused my body in other ways by not sleeping and working all day and all night and things like that. But I, I didn't have all those other kinds of toxins in my body. All right, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Doctor Day. Hello. How you doing? Okay. Where are you? Calling from Bloomington, Indiana. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Day, I just wanted to uh, call in and let you know, I'm, I'm going through chemotherapy right now. I actually have Hodgkin's disease. I'm 23 years old, and I've been vegan uh. for four years. So, um, I mean, I haven't had meat or dairy for, you know, at least four years. Mm-hmm. And this just came up all of a sudden. I woke up one morning. I had a lump under the lymph node in, above my clavicle. I uh, went into the doctor, had it checked out. Uh, turned out, um, within the, by the end of the week, I found out that I, I did have a cancer. Mm-hmm. So, um Basically, I, I'd read up to up till this point. I've I've read a lot of books about you know Diet for New America by Dr. John uh, uh, Neil Bernard and things like that. Um, it's not just diet. I, I yeah I understand it. stress. I mean I, I always I tried to wonder in the beginning where you know where this could have come from, how it could have happened to me. Right. Um, yeah, maybe my maybe I do have too high of a stress level. But at this point, I have about two months of chemo left, and you know I've always I've always wanted an. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't want. I never wanted to be on chemo. I wanted to have a, uh, some kind of alternative therapy, like right. you've been talking about. But I've never been able to find anybody that could suggest something realistic. Right. Well, so the thing point, is that that after you've had chemo, particularly, you you must rebuild your immune system because you know what the chemo does to your system. Right. Uh, that's why it makes your hair fall out, and that's why so many people vomit so extensively because it's poison. And yes, it does kill some cancer cells, but it never kills them all. Okay. When the cancer returns, if you have enough immune system left or if you have been able to rebuild it, then your immune system can fight the remaining cancer cells and you can get well. If you have so much chemotherapy that you have no immune system left, then you are in real trouble. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to rebuild your immune system, and, and this uh, is a way that works. So if you look at the pictures, you will see. Right. It's, it's in, in a way, I mean, everything, when you see something grow in the ground, it's a miracle because humans can't make a seed and have it grow and reproduce and make more seeds and all that. So those things are miracles, too. I interview my 85-year-old mother on this video, the video you can't improve on God. My 85-year-old mother came down with a severe autoimmune disease in the same uh, category as lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. She had polymyalgia rheumatica, was totally non-functional. She it was in such terrible pain. And the doctors wanted to put her on high-dose prednisone. Now, at the age of 85, that would have given her a stroke, and I said, absolutely not. So I put her on this plan, and let me tell you what happened, and you'll see her on the video, and she confirms this. Within three weeks, we had a wonderful unexpected side effect. We were able to get her off of all four high blood pressure medications she'd been on for 35 years in three weeks. Within four months, her cholesterol dropped from uh, 280 to 120, 
and her triglycerides, which is a measure of the fat in your blood, normal is 200 or below. Hers were 565, and within four months they dropped to 160, and in six months she was well. And she had never been on any medication except uh, aspirin for pain. All right, here's a minor complaint. Art of problem, eight glasses of water a day translates into a life spent in the bathroom. I've tried it. Frankly, I have better things to do with my time. I do not ingest any type of uh, uh, diuretic, uh, caffeine, etc., eat any junk food or any meat. I have a perfectly healthy diet and lifestyle. If she is right, how do we tolerate the constantly full bladder and disruption? Well, actually... When you first start drinking water, your body isn't able to handle it as well, and you will spend more time in the bathroom. But I frequently go three hours without going to the bathroom now, and I drink 16 to 20 glasses a day. So you get more able to tolerate it. As your cells that are so dehydrated take up this water, your bladder cells seem to become more functional so you can stand this better. All right. We have more hospitals and more doctors and more dentists and more insane asylums than any country in the world, and we don't have enough. That's right. Something is radically wrong. You're right. Who was it that said, uh, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, that said, if, if all the materia medica were dumped into the sea, it would be all the better for mankind and all the worse for the fishes? Well, that's right. You know that the only time in the last hundred years that the uh, health of the American people has improved, it's, it's continually gone downhill, except during one period of time, and that was during World War II, when the uh, sugar was in short supply, meat was in short supply, and people had to live out of their victory gardens in the backyard. You know, uh, Dr. Day, there is a statistic out showing that men... Uh, since World War II, are experiencing about 300% more non-smoking-related cancer. Yes. That's a remarkable statistic, 300%. Well, that's right, and and the cancer rate has gone up dramatically since the introduction of the fast food restaurants, and now children are getting cancer at a record rate. In fact, I think cancer is the second leading cause of death in children right behind um, accidents. And so something is radically wrong. Cancer was virtually unheard of in America at the turn of the century, and yet now it is epidemic. As I said, one out of two people, it's estimated, will get cancer sometime in their lifetime by the year 2000. So, I mean, we are in terrible trouble, and every but no one is looking at the end of their fork or at the way they're living their life with all the stress. Uh, you have to find peace. I. I was able to find peace. Now, at the beginning, I started looking for peace through meditation and visualization. That did not work for me. I had some pretty horrible experiences that took all the peace away that I was trying to get. I finally had to look in the Bible with a a Bible study and prayer, and that's what brought me peace. I was able to get rid of my stress. I changed my lifestyle, and I got well. All right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Day. Hi. Hi, Art. I enjoy your show, and I and I think this is my favorite topic I've been waiting for. Art, I want to say that uh, your this your shows are right up there with Oprah and the Twilight Zone as far as profound educational <laughs> knowledge. I love them. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Day, I think I I seen your photograph, and I said I haven't seen a tumor like that since the movie The Manitou. <laughs> But I, I want to say, I mean, I think you're a great health reformer, and uh, you're as good a health reformer as Harvey Diamond and Herbert Shelton, who did 
tremendous works. But well, thank you. I wanted to know, I try to eat very natural, very hygienic, very living food, enzymes, that type of stuff. I, I can do that and keep my exercise, but it's hard for me to calm down in such a toxic world we live in. Could you elaborate even more on how you were able to reduce or at least eliminate stress? Because even with stress, even when I'm eating healthy, it's sometimes hard to just eat peacefully because of just, you know, the pressures of daily living. I agree. Well, that's right. When you're stressed, here's what happens to your body. Your colon starts to constrict, and your body systems shut down. And so you've got to get the stress out in order for your body to assimilate the good food that you do eat. Mm. And so the way I did it, and I can tell you, it did not happen all at once. This happened over time. I had to spend a lot of time in prayer and Bible study. And I still spend an hour every day with that. My husband and I prayed together three times a day. My husband was my 24-hour-a-day nurse. He pulled me through for six months. He made all of my juices, made all of my food. Uh, I was, as you can imagine, very discouraged at times. He pulled me through, but it was the prayer and the Bible study and the trust in God that, that and these natural things that, that we have been given to make us well work. And they're so simple. You see, the body is very complex, but the maintenance of it is very simple. simple. It's nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, rest. Getting rid of the stress by trusting God. An attitude of gratitude and benevolence. Now, the attitude of gratitude is very important. You have to be thankful for what you got. I started thanking God for being alive, even when I was dying. And I started praying for other people. I was too sick to go out and help other people. But I started praying for other people. And every sick person can do that even when they're in bed. And when I started thinking of other people and getting outside of myself, I started getting well. That's remarkable. And that's a big cause of asthma. Dairy products cause asthma. Not only that, asthma, a great step forward to getting rid of asthma is drinking water. When the body is yep. dehydrated, uh, the, the body has a wonderful mechanism for conserving water. It produces histamines. Histamines constrict the, the, the bronchioles in the lungs and, and cause asthma. So what do we do? We go out and buy medicines called antihistamines when what we really need to do is drink water. Again, in the last couple of minutes here, about your videotape or videotapes okay. and, and exactly what's on them and what people can expect. All right. On the video, Cancer Doesn't Scare Me Anymore, I talk about the destructive effects of chemotherapy and radiation, why cancer is big business, and why doctors are not being told about the ways to really get people well. They're 1995 apiece plus shipping and handling. Entirely reasonable. Well, uh, you are a living example of what you preach. 